Plundergrounds 109. Why games go funny. Plundergrounds, Plundergrounds, welcome back to a brand new show. Ray's gonna take you where you didn't know you wanted to go. Fantasy and dungeon delve, science fiction, watch yourselves. First of all, I want to apologize in advance today if you hear some raspiness in my throat or if I cough or clear my throat or sneeze at some point. It's uh, just because I'm not getting sick, but there's uh, Santa Ana winds that come in from the interior, uh, the desert essentially, and bring a lot of particulate matter with them, dust. And it's, it's part of why it's fire season here is that we have this war uh, all the time between the cool winds from the ocean and the, um, you know, hot winds uh, from the desert that come from the interior. And most of the year, the ocean wins that battle. But at this time of the year, we get more from the interior side and it drives uh, fires and things like that. And so we're in that kind of switchover phase. And uh, many of us suffer from almost like allergy-like symptoms when that wind comes in from the desert. Well, there's your San Diego microclimate lesson for the day. Uh, <laughs> what I want to talk about is the tendency for games, RPG sessions in particular, to devolve into humor or zaniness, even when a different tone is the goal. So you may be trying to hold a horror theme like suspense or high adventure, like a, a noble chivalric um, tone, if you're playing Pendragon or something like that. But... Um, you know, the the jokes start flying and somebody makes a crack and uh, it just devolves into silliness, uh, you know, Monty Python references or whatever. Although I, I hope as a culture that we're mostly past making Monty Python references in games. I, I say that with all love and respect to Monty Python. It just has become kind of like a an inside joke um, that has had its time, I guess. I don't mean to be mean about it. Um, I love the Holy Grail as much as the next guy, but you know, uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, um, let's talk about why this happens. And I'm going to try to keep this relatively short. First of all, I want to say it's because it's a game. Uh, you're there to have fun and you, you play games generally to have fun. And often you play games when you are done with a work day, which means you're tired. You're on the weekend or you're at night and you're tired. So you might be a little punchy, you're relaxed. Um, and you're not really trying to guard your tone because that's what you do at work, right? Is, is guard how you react with people so that you don't, um, you know, have a misstep, a miscommunication that causes problems. And so people usually aren't up for policing themselves in that sort of way. They just want to relax and have fun. And so I think that's the number one thing, which is you kind of, if you want to maintain a tone that, that doesn't involve humor, you kind of have to remind everybody like, okay, I know everybody's, you know, this is, we're playing this, it's a game, but what we've decided is going to be fun is for us to like get into a spooky, you know, environment, um, or whatever tone it is that you want to hold. So let's let's keep that in mind and work towards that a little bit. Uh, you know, may or may not work. The second reason I think that games devolve into gonzo or comedy or zaniness or humor or whatever however you want to describe it is that, and I realize that some of those terms carry other connotations as well, but um, is that you're role-playing. And role-playing is one of those activities, especially if you don't do it a lot, that 
causes nerves. Um, I've heard role-playing games described as skinny dipping before, which I think is great. It's not a spectator sport is the, is the comment there or the, the metaphor that people are trying to get across, which is you're either in or you're not in, right? You're either going to strip off your clothes and jump in the pool or, um, or not, but don't stand on the sideline making comments. <laughs> so, and, uh, there is, uh, there's an exposure there. I mean, the stripping off the clothes is metaphorical, but it's also real in the sense that, um, you are, you are being creative openly in front of other people and you're trying to access like different parts of your brain in a way that you're, you're in the spotlight. We use the phrase, the spotlight a lot. And anytime you do that, you put yourself out there. It's, it's can be exhausting, right? In a good way, but it can cause nerves and nerves, uh, will often lead to, it certainly does for me to making jokes or, you know, chuckling or, um, just general kind of jitteriness. And, and that can be one of the reasons that games devolve into comedy. The final reason that I wanted to suggest and these are just my theories and there's probably other reasons. Um, maybe you all have comments to make, but these are just three things that I thought of that, that make it obvious to me why a lot of games don't hold tone. If you're trying to um, have a tone other than humor is nerd tropes and uh, nerd tropes, meaning that we're working in these fantastic environments, whether they're um, space fantasy or science fiction or uh, classic fantasy, whatever that is, you know, high fantasy, low fantasy, uh, gritty fantasy. There's like eight, 800 different names for whatever kind of fantasy you want to play. Um, Whatever we're working in, we're working off of literature and movies and um, other, uh, you know, video games, other sources of inspiration where we get some of these ideas. And when you bring these ideas in, they work by association. Like one of their powers is, is that we're accessing uh, common uh, imagination, right? So if you use uh, the aliens trope, right? Uh, An egg that gets laid in somebody's stomach and the monster bursts out, you know, some form of that. Everybody knows at the table that there's um, a similarity to Alien, even if it's even if it's very well hidden. Uh, there's just something in the back of your mind that kind of triggers. Oh, it's kind of like Alien, right? Um, so when you make these associations to movies and intellectual properties like uh, you know video games and books, it, it opens up the door to other associations, and you start going down the line. So. Um, Maybe you think, oh, this is a little bit like Star Wars. And then, oh, um, I remember Spaceballs. That was kind of funny. Uh, and, you know, the next thing you know, you're quoting Spaceballs instead of maintaining a tone of, uh, like, like if you want your game to be about badass Jedis righting wrongs, you know, a, kind of a um, Old West-style space fantasy where things are pretty serious, but then somebody makes a Spaceball joke about, uh, you know, driving around in a Winnebago, or um, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine, or something like that, and, you know, everybody chuckles and the game loses tone. And that, that just happens because of these associations that jump at you, and players aren't all, always on their guard to keep these things from coming out of their mouths. And you know, to go back to this role-playing thing, I think that happens because you are, because you're accessing something kind of deep, like you're trying to 
work through your imagination and say things in character that you do have less of a sensor going. You have less of a filter. The more you, the more of a filter you have, the more of a guard you have up, the harder it is to, you know, role play. Um, and so it stands to reason that, uh, the better maybe you're role playing, the less filter you have up, the, the more likely it is for some random thing to, to fly through your mouth without being considered first. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe that's off base, but those are, those are three reasons I think that games devolve into comedy and, Wow, I just realized that I did a freshman essay. I told you what I was going to tell you. I made three points, and then I told you what I told you. <laughs> well, that's classic. That is a classic essay structure. So uh, um, I know that I have now done my job in covering this topic. <laughs> so what does that all mean, really? Well, I think it can help us make better games. For one thing... If we think the humor is coming out of nerves, we can do a better job of relaxing everybody, maybe into the into the situation. If we think it's going to come from random associations, we can do a better job of citing our our openly our sources of inspiration and say, you know, hey, we're we're doing this based on uh, movies like Sunshine and Alien and other really serious horror movies. So let's try to maintain a um, you know a tone of tenseness um that is that's gonna you know you might cause a freak out but um not in a funny way like this is a dire situation we all want to get home to our families right that's another thing you could do is kind of put the stakes there like make it real um and people won't make as many jokes if if they feel the stakes if they think i, I want to get through this because i've got um you know a one-year-old at home that i want to see grow up right and and if i die out here um orbiting the sun or whatever um then then i won't ever see that happen uh so you can you can kind of raise the stakes you can kind of talk about the tone and your references ahead of time you can get everybody relaxed and kind of in the right mood to role play a, a more serious tone uh what else can you do i think you can be forgiving and but also acknowledging at the table when things start to get a little funny and you can go all right all right you know like yeah that was funny but like remember now we're trying to keep tone so let's uh you know let's not go any further with that uh and there's probably better ways to say it uh, you want to try to say it in a kind way that doesn't make people resentful you know because like i said they're they probably are just knee-jerk reacting to something it's probably not an intent to destroy the game uh, or to destroy the tone it's just something that happens so uh, maybe maybe there's a way to do it without even saying it out loud like uh, kind of a chip that you throw at somebody that says all right every time you you know if you break tone i'm gonna you know like put a bowl of chips in the middle of the table tokens and say if you break tone you know somebody you notice somebody you know skirting the edge of breaking tone like give them a chip and it's just kind of like a yellow card in soccer that says like you know hey don't don't go too far down that road um i don't know there's there's probably other ways to do that but i do think it is kind of a hard thing to do i at the same time i've been in games where you know, it's been serious throughout, and I, I don't think it's an impossible thing to do. Um, even online, I think in some ways maybe online might be a great way to do it. If you uh, play without a lot of visuals so you can kind of keep it really basic, maybe turn everybody's lights down, maybe make everybody use headphones so that they're getting the sound directly into their ears and you're not getting a lot of distractions. Make sure you play at a time when there's not a lot of distractions. I think you could do a pretty spooky thing. I've never played view screen, but uh, if you've never heard of that, uh, view screen, is it view screen or view scream? I'm going to have to put a, low con- uh, no, uh, 
going to have to put a link in the show notes because I don't remember the name exactly or who made it, but this game is uh, a game that is designed to play online, and it's a space horror game, and uh, you play it kind of like using the tool of the video, online video, as 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 reality. In other words, um, you're all in different parts of the space station, and you're communicating by computer, you know, video chat. Uh, and so, so your reality of communicating by video chat becomes the game reality of communicating by video chat. And that's a really cool idea for turning the situation into an immersed, you know, one that might hold tone better. And, uh, I, I've even seen it. This sounds really goofy, but I've seen it. And maybe this is an example of why, uh, a game can go gonzo. I've seen it played with puppets. I don't know if that's been suggested in the game, but I know Rich Rogers and some others played it with puppets at one point, and it was very cool because people made some pretty neat puppets, you know. Uh, but it is cool that because you're on video, you could sort of present yourself in a different way. You think of that classic Star Trek episode where uh, the little kid is inside the the super giant scary spaceship, and he projects himself as this pinch-faced, bug-eyed alien, right? But at the end, they find out that he's this lovable little kid that, he's not really a little kid, he's a, as an adult, but he's in a kid body or whatever, and he uh, invites them to drink Tranya with him. <laughs> I can't remember the name of that episode, but something tells me, wasn't that Ron Howard's little brother? I think it was. Uh, at any, any rate, um, that's neither here nor there, uh, but it is a good example of tropes leading to associations which lead you into jokes. Okay. <laughs> That's enough probably on that. Uh, I just wanted to get that out there. I was actually thinking about it because of, I think, uh, something that was said by Jason on the Nerd RPG Variety Podcast about uh, holding tone. And maybe he was talking to uh, Arlen, Aldrich, uh, Arlen of uh, Pel- Live from Pelham's Wasteland. I think that was I think that was a conversation between the two of them about holding tone and it just made me remember these little pet theories that I've had in the back of my head for a long time about why people are not very good at the gaming table about uh, staying focused and uh, refraining from making silly jokes. Another Plunder Grounds has found its way into your ear holes. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Ray Otis, and you can find all my uh, project links at www.rayotis.com. That's R-A-Y-O-T-U-S. Don't forget that Logan Howard, who does the Swordbreaker Zine and podcast, is the cool dude who sang my opening theme song. He's got a Patreon. He's got um, a podcast that you can subscribe to. He puts out the Swordbreaker Zines, which you can buy on the uh, drive-thru RPG site. So... Don't forget to support him. He has lots of awesomeness to share. I think his real strength is is in suggesting really creative and innovative ideas for your game. Uh, so there's all kinds of good inspiration points. Even though he writes for Dungeon World primarily, um, I don't think any of that really matters because what you get is just a, a big pile of good ideas. I guess it's time for me to put away my toys and stop podcasting and do some real work. Put all put everything back in the box and uh, lay it down for now. I've enjoyed talking with you today. I know it was very off the cuff, uh, but you know, that's what I do. Um, I'm a rambling man. But you also know what I always say at the end of this, which is to look out for those rust monsters. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, it is both a, you know, coincidental funny joke that I uh, started off with when I started the podcast. I thought that I would 
say look out for different kinds of monsters, but then I just kind of got fixated on rust monsters. Um, but it also means to me that uh, rust monsters are those things in your life that pull you into unthinking, to just uh, channeling your life into patterns that you don't think about anymore to kind of mark time. And I had a coworker say this to me, and I know it's not an original saying, but somehow when she said it to me, it really just hit home, which is the the days are long and the years are short, right? Um, If you're always looking ahead or looking back to things that make you happy, um, it means you're not happy right now. And you need to start working on being happy with your day, right? Like do something today, do something creative, do something fun for another person. Um, you know, appreciate somebody else, uh, take a few moments just to deep breathe and enjoy your coffee or make sure you get up and walk, uh, on your breaks and, uh, you know, to connect with other people, whatever it is that brings quality to your day, do that because, this is what you have. You have today. Um, you may not have tomorrow. Uh, you, you, the past is, you know, done and in the books and, and you can relive that at some point if you want. But, you know, if you're not happy right now, then you're not happy. Right. So let's, let's do our best. I'm, I've certainly struggled with that. And it's something I have to remind myself all the time. And part of that is looking out for those rest monsters that, want to just pull you back into uh, your default position, which might be sitting at your chair, staring at Facebook or something and filling your mind with all the trash that goes through there. Or, um, you know, vegging out on a TV show you've seen a hundred times and you're not really even watching even while you're sitting in front of it. Or, um, you know, getting all your emails done as quickly as you can and not really thinking about how you're interacting with people um, just so you can I don't know, go back to your default position, right? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, don't let that rust monster get you. So, you know, look out for rust monsters.